Hi everyone, Charlotte here from Enriching Environments and welcome to Top Tip Tuesday. Let me just check, this is right volume so you can hear me properly. And welcome to Top Tip Tuesday on the 19th of October in 2021, 2021, what I'm saying. Um, and this evening, welcome to everyone who's joining. We are going to be talking about trust. Hello, hello, everyone. We're going to be talking about trust, um, trusting our children and trusting ourselves. What that looks like, what that feels like, what that really means. Um, and there's so many things I'd like to say on this topic. So what I've done, um, because you know I like to go off on a tangent, is I have um, kept it to uh, three areas of trust that um, I think are going to be useful for us to dive into. And I've done more a um, broad view of what trust means to me, what it means um, in terms of my learning um, about myself and about my children. Um, so let's start off, and this is Wiggly, the enriching environment, one of the enriching environments cats who's just joined us as ever. You can see her tail. Um, so for me, as I said, there's three things I'd like to discuss this evening. One is trust, um, trusting our child's unique journey. So every single one of us has a, a unique journey, a trajectory of our lives. And really our role as parents is to do the best we can with the knowledge and the skills and the experience we have, which if it's our first child will be no experience at all, to do the best we can to um, essentially get out of their way. You know, all human beings um, develop naturally in their own time and their own pace. And our work is to facilitate an environment for, um, uh, an enriching environment for them as much as possible according to our means. And, um, then get out of the way and let them unfold without projecting too much of our stuff on them. And that seems really, really simple, but it's easier said than done. So um, a few examples I can give are, um, you know, when our baby's rolling over for the first time, you know, trusting that she's going to be able to do that. When they're crawling, starting to crawl, trusting that they're going to crawl. You know, children starting to walk is a really big thing, isn't it? Because some children start to walk at 10 months and some children don't start to walk until 18, 20 months. And so if our child is in the later end of that, sort of they've got to 18 months and they're not walking, we um, might get worried or we might be tempted to sort of help them in some way by getting some type of walking device. And um, what this calls us to do, and it's really, really hard, particularly with our first child, but what this calls us to do is just trust that our child will get there in the right, um, in, the, in their right time, in the perfect time for them. So uh, things like that, that's a good example of you know, trusting that when our child is going to walk, they're going to walk. Of course, we're providing opportunities. We're giving them freedom of movement. Um, trusting that you know when they're at preschool and and I don't know someone asks them what their colours are, just trusting that they're going to know their colours. When um, when that happens, when that happens, they're going to read and write and do all of these other things when when the time comes when it's a unique their unique trajectory. And actually, talking about reading and writing, there is no evidence at all 
that uh, a child's ability to read longer term, you know, in the teenage and then in adult years, there is no correlation between the age they learnt to read and how proficient a reader they are or a writer they are later on in their life. So some children will be reading fluently and proficiently at age six, and for some children that's going to come later, you know, eight or nine years old. But this has no bearing on academic achievement. This has no bearing on their ability to um, read and enjoy reading. Um, and so what we uh, later on in life, and so what's worrying about when we see um, the schooling system trying to teach all children to read and to write at the same time, you know, from the age as early as four, um, and expecting them to write their name or these other sort of things that are allegedly developmental markers. Um, it's a, hi there, Lina. It's really, um, it's really so important to remember that our child has a unique trajectory and there may be pressure for our child to be reading or writing a certain age or know their colours or count to ten or what have you at a certain age. And this is um, often not developmentally appropriate and us just to keep in mind and in our hearts that every child has the unique path. So that's really, really important. And so that's what trust looks like. Um, for parents of young children, knowing our children will get there at their own pace, at their own time. Um, <coughs> and then the second um, area of trust I wanted to talk about is uh, trusting that our children um, are doing the best that they can. So when our child is misbehaving, when they're showing inappropriate behaviour, um, when they still have poor impulse control, which is is normal until um, you know age five, six, seven, there can still be poor impulse control. Knowing that um, this is a process for our children to um, work through, and they truly are doing the best they can. Children are always doing the best they can. If they could behave better they would behave better. Remember, this is so crucial to remember that our, our their connection with us is their lifeblood. Their life literally depends on us approving of them and loving them. So they do not, this is unconscious, this is in their unconscious mind, they do not want to do anything that will harm that bond and connection with us. They honestly genuinely need to please us for their survival. This is a primal, primal instinct of survival. So if our children could do better, they would do better. So when they snatch or when they hit or when they bite or when they're unkind or what have you, they really, really do want to do better. It's just they haven't managed to in that moment. So um, this then gives us, with this knowledge that children always doing the best that they can, this gives us a portal into a, a doorway into the third point I wanted to discuss this evening about trust and about trusting ourselves and trusting that our children are doing the best that they can because very, very often, if you're from the same generation as I am, um, children were not trusted. Children should be seen and not heard. Whenever, if I think about my parents' generation, and this isn't a criticism of my parents, this would be have been the dominant 
the dominant thinking around children um, when I grew up, so I was, I'm was i a late 70s baby, um, uh, would, would be that children are wrong and need to be corrected. So not trusting in the child's innate goodness, the opposite of that. It would be very much this feeling of... Um, uh, you know, you would hear words thrown around like a child is being lazy or they're being spiteful or what else did I say? Or they're being deliberately naughty or they're being manipulative or they're just showing off or they're just being spoiled, you know. This was very much the dominant narrative in Western culture, Western society. Um, uh, I don't know exactly when that started, but certainly in the 70s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s, this was the dominant thought in Western culture that... Um, if a child was having a rough day or what have you, whatever was ha- was going on, then the child would need to be corrected. What's really, really amazing about this generation and what we know about child psychology now, what we know about attachment, connection, neuroscience, we know that this um, that is actually the opposite, that everyone is innately good. And then our role is to guide our, ch- uh, our children, our child, in this path so they can find their own place and find their own way and so this is a huge issue of trust because very much in my generation children were not as I said before were not trusted it would be if a child was doing something wrong some the worst would be thought of them whereas I think I hope now I get a sense now that with all the work all of us are doing in parenting and working on ourselves and understanding ourselves better it feels like there's more of a feeling that people realize, people know that children are doing the best that they can. And when they see a child having a crisis or a tantrum or behaving badly or whatever language you want to put around it, it feels like children are being given the benefit of the doubt before this judgment. Um, And this is huge. This is absolutely massive. I mean, maybe I'm only speaking about a handful of people, but it really feels that there's this shift, there's this understanding about how children are doing the best that they can and we have to guide them and trust that they will find their right path with our guidance. Um, If I bring this back to Montessori context, she, um, one of the beautiful quotes from her work is that, is to trust in our child's innate goodness. And she spoke about that, you know, in the early 20th century, at a time where children were very much high, everyone who's joined, where where there really was this perception that children were bad and needed to be corrected. So she was way ahead of her time in that. Um, But as I said, if we're coming from a generation where we were not trusted at all, our intentions were not, our intentions were always perceived to be bad. If we made a mistake, then we would be punished, we would need to be corrected, rather than being offered understanding and love and connection and the things that we now know that we offer even when a child has behaved badly we now broadly speaking more or less know that um, this is usually a bid for connection this is a cry for help from a child and so what we can do is trust in their innate goodness and then offer support where where we need to so um, this issue of trust and trusting ourselves Um, it's a big one. So if we were never trusted as children and our intentions were always questioned and our intentions were always misinterpreted, when we come to being parents, it's going to be really, really hard for us to trust our child's intentions. And when our preschool is hitting or biting, toddler hitting or biting, it's going to be really, really hard for us to 
um, see our child from that place of innate goodness and um, honour them in that moment and guide them. So this is a really, really big topic, this topic of being able to trust in ourselves. And let me have a sip of water and then we can... I'll talk a little about how I came to trust myself, even coming from a, a, a background of not being trusted at all, in a very old school background, um, of how I've come to trust myself over, mainly over the past, the past few years. Um, what's really important about trusting ourselves, I feel, is that this issue of trust between our children and ourselves is going to get bigger and bigger as they get older, as they get, become teenagers. As they're teenagers and they're doing, often doing their own thing, they are going to, they're going to be in situations where we'll need to trust them that they're going to be okay and they're going to we're going to need to be able to trust that they're going to be able to make the right decisions for themselves for their friends for their community so if we don't trust ourselves we're going to try and overly control our children we're going to try and um keep the what's it called the apron strings tight tighter hold them close to us so that um because we can't, we're compensating for the lack of trust we have in ourselves. But this um, this path of trusting ourselves comes from. Hi there, little fingers at work. Um, this path of trusting ourselves is one of personal development, is one of personal growth or spiritual growth, spiritual development, however we want to look at it. And um, what I have done in order to support myself in trusting myself is this process of um, keeping little tiny promises to myself every day. I started calling it, um, I picked this up from, from, a, from a self-development program years ago, but it's called uh, Daily Disciplines, and what I do to look after myself every day, and that's writing my journal, it's um, having a few minutes in nature in the morning, just literally going across to the park. It's hugging a tree every morning. It's doing five minutes of um, yoga very quickly in the morning or, or dance or anything like that. Something where I can keep my promise to myself every single day that I'm looking after myself. And what's really powerful about this is when we build trust in ourselves, we naturally then trust the others around us, particularly our children. Because we know if we can keep promises to ourselves, it's, um, it's an unconscious shift that takes place, I believe, um, that we start to trust in ourselves and then we naturally can open and expand into trust in other people. And trust is really important with our children because they sense and they feel it when we don't trust them. Um, we, we feel it when other people don't trust us. Hey, you know, if we are in a scenario with our partner or maybe even with work, you know, where um, we get this sense that we're not being trusted and it's not a nice feeling. So it's so valuable. It's essential, in fact, for us as parents to get to the stage where we really, really trust ourselves, the core of who we are, because then we can extend that trust to our children. And it's such a powerful 
tool for us to be able to um, build respect and cooperation and connection with our children if they feel that we really trust them that we honor um, who they are and we trust their uh, mistakes as well as celebrate um, the things they have done uh, that are appropriate for example we can celebrate both because we know that if they do make a mistake we've given them the tools to know how to make amends so it's really really um, powerful this feeling of trust and as I say it starts within ourselves you know um, it feels like as this is a process this is a long process and in terms of my own process of self-trust and knowing now that I believe I'm doing the right thing and I trust myself and I'm able to trust my body's messages I spent a lot of time doing embodiment work to um, connect with myself and um, how I'm feeling and this allowed me to access the essence of who I am so I feel how I'm feeling in my body and that's another element of trust so I know that my body gives me the answers that I need the wisdom that I need that I um, have is inside of myself the wisdom that I need to access is just inside of me it's not anywhere else and this process of doing my daily disciplines as I say just keeping these tiny promises to me um, to me to myself to look after myself and that means that I've been able to trust the children more I've been able to trust myself more with um, the decisions I'm making for myself for the children in my work all of those things it's really so powerful to um, get to this place within ourselves where we can um, have a deep sense of trust in what we are here to bring and so knowing that even though we'll have good days and bad days and even though we're never going to be the perfect parent and we are going to shout and we are going to lose our temper we're going to say things and do things we're going to regret but we have this sense that um, of of trust in ourselves that we are on the right path and thus we feel confident to guide our children on their right path too and um hi sam um and that's what it feels like to me. Let me just have a little sip of water. As our children mature and um, grow, and as I said before, go into the teenage years, um, and we're going to need to call upon our deep reserves of trust to trust that our children are going out with people who they're going to look after and they're going to look after them and they're going to make the right decisions for their safety um, they make the right decisions for their friends make the right decisions for communities make the right moral decisions um, and this all comes from the sense of trust we can give them in childhood particularly in early childhood you know if they have this sense that we um, are holding them in trust and they we keep them in safety and we are holding them there in trust so they can look to themselves for this sense of safety within for the sense of holding and safety within if we are trying to um, if we try and control them and we don't offer them a level of trust to um, choose what they want to eat or choose what they want to wear I mean, these are very simple examples but you know, go out to play in the garden or in the park across the road um, 
on their own, uh, they're not going to be able to have trust in themselves as they grow and as they develop and as they mature. And so they're going to be looking for this extrinsic motivation, this extrinsic permission to behave in a certain way or do a certain thing. But when we can keep them so connected to who they are, we demonstrate through the way that we live our life that we trust ourselves. We demonstrate to them from the way that we speak to them and the responsibility that we give them, that we trust them deeply. And then this can ripple through. Um, and I feel that it's a, a greater challenge than ever because of the world that we're living in. We're living in a, a very strange time at the moment here, um, you know, in, in, in the time of COVID and so many confusing things happening in the world where it feels like we shouldn't be trusting more because corporations and governments don't necessarily have our best interests at heart in some situations. But it calls us to trust more in ourselves, in our hearts, in our bodies. What are our hearts and our bodies and our souls telling us? What is the right path? Because when our children see us using our intuition like that, um, using our power in that way, it's such a strong message uh, of presence and integrity that we can um, bring to them as a gift. We can offer this to our children as a gift, this strong sense of um, trust in our own personal responsibility. Uh, so if anyone has any questions, I know quite a few people have joined. If anyone has any questions, then let me know now. And I'll just quickly check in my, oops, I've got a fly on my nose, check in my notes if there's anything that I've missed um, for this evening. Um, I think that's everything. If you have any questions, please do type them now. Um, I think that's everything. So, if there's anything. So what we have now is, I feel, in this generation with our children, and it doesn't matter whether they are babies now, or they're seven-year-olds now, or they're teenagers now, it feels like this is an invitation to a new level of um, trust. Because, as I said before, we cannot trust you know, corporations or governments necessarily to do what is right for us in the same way that perhaps we believed that um, governments would keep us safe, religion would keep us safe, corporations would keep us safe, big companies would keep us safe. Perhaps we had this belief maybe 30, 40 years ago. Um, and now we're living in a very, very different world. And um, a lot of people are very um, disenfranchised from the treatment that they've received, whole racial groups, for example, the way that people are treated, um, the way that governments um, have treated people. And it feels like this, our searching for trust outside, for security, for dependency outside ourselves, it feels like there's this big shift that's, that's, um, that we are undergoing where we're being called to trust on ourselves. So if we are going to um, trust ourselves, where does that begin? I believe it begins in feeling in our body what it is worth feeling. No holds barred, 
what are we actually feeling in this moment, day to day? Um, and when we get in touch with our body, then we can hear what we really, really need. We can trust our body's messages. This feels good, this doesn't feel good. And this is a practice that we can um, do with our children as well. You know, when, if something goes wrong, if there's an argument, if um, we witness something in the street that isn't so good, or feels good, or feels bad, then we can invite our children into how that feels in their body. When there was that argument, what happened? When um, that gentleman shouted, what happened? When you and Harry had an argument, how did that feel in your body? Get them used to feeling in their body, feeling safe in their body. What are they um, feeling on a somatic level? And this gets us so familiar with our body and our intuition and our body's wisdom that we cannot help but trust what is inside of us. And as I said before, when we trust what's inside of us, who we really, really are, then we can extend this trust out to our children. And it's going to be a lot easier for us to allow our children to climb up high on the climbing plane. It's going to be a lot easier for us to trust in our child's academic journey, knowing that more or less everyone gets to what they need to know at some stage. If we um, can trust that our teenager is going to find their right path, once we trust ourselves, then the trusting of our children becomes much, much easier. And we can feel we can just relax and take the pressure off and enjoy being with them moment by moment. Our children show us everything we need to know from just us observing them, just sitting and watching what it is that they do, what are their interests, what are they doing, how are they moving, what are they feeling. Um, all of those things, every bit of time that we are able to watch our children, observe our children, is just a gold mine of information because we know our child better than anyone else. Parents know their children more better than anyone else. And when we observe our child, we see who they really are and um, we can trust that what they're showing us through their behavior is what they need. I hope you've enjoyed this evening's session. Thank you so much. Lots of people have come in and out. Thank you so much for joining me. And this will go on my feed, of course, as ever. And we'll be doing a weekly Wednesday journal prompt tomorrow linked to this topic of trust. So until next week, please send me a message if you have any questions at all that you'd like me to add for Insta Live for Top Tip Tuesday. And thank you so much for joining me. Have a beautiful evening. Bye-bye. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for joining. Have a lovely evening. Hope you and I are really well. Bye-bye.